Thanks so much for joining us and for tuning in to the Steeple Church podcast. Our hope as you listen in is that you might encounter Jesus, hear and receive his love, and be encouraged and empowered by his spirit to be and bring life and love to one another and to the other in your world. If you would like to get in touch with us or keep up to date with what's happening in and through the life of Steeple Church, please jump on to our website at steeplechurch.com.au or follow us on the socials via Facebook or Instagram at steeple.church. We're looking forward to meeting you one day soon, but in the meantime, enjoy the message. Bless you, fam. And it's an absolute pleasure and an honour to speak to you for a very brief 10, 15 minutes today. Um, But first, I'm going to start with a little story about my week. Earlier in the week, I had to make a decision that involved another person. It was a good decision. It was good for the other person. And the person gladly accepted and was willing to help out and, you know, take on what was effectively a promotion and things like that. And then about two days later, logistically, no, Ryan, it wasn't you. (laughs) Relax. Logistically, I realised there was absolutely no way that I could actually pull off what I had planned that involved this person and the promotion and shuffling people around. And I went, Lord, what am I going to do? I can't go back to this person and renege on my offer. But unless I do that, I can't make everything else fall into place the way that I need it. So anyway, over the next couple of days, I'm just in my car at my desk going, oh Lord, I've really messed this up. What am I going to do? Just help me out. Help me have this conversation. Even though it's really gonna suck, give me the words and away we go. Anyway, Friday at four o'clock in the afternoon, I get a call from this person. He's like, Andy, I've been giving it some thought and I don't think the timing is right for me to actually move into this position. So if it's okay with you, I'm so, so sorry. I'm gonna stay where I am doing what I'm doing. And I was like, well, only if you're sure. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) that was an absolute answer to prayer and um, it was brilliant. And he apologised, he was so apologetic about it. I was like, it's okay, it's okay. Let me, I'll take care of the fallout of this. It was genuinely awesome. I'm not up here today though to talk about God's faithfulness or prayer or anything like that. What I would like to talk about today is welcome and what it means to welcome. Now, if you're in my connect group, yes, thanks babe. (laughs) I got my hype person in the back corner there. We touched on this a couple of weeks ago and I am still wrestling with it. So I've, I've dived into it a little bit further. You see, by nature, I am a very quiet person. Am I still doing this right? I am a very quiet person. I am an introvert. When I'm in social settings, I don't go out of my way to talk to people because I feel a little bit uncomfortable and it's a little bit awkward and... I just like to watch and listen and I just pray that whoever I go up to does all the talking because that gets me off the hook. Do I have any extroverts in the room? Yeah, amazing, amazing. You see, I have a secret weapon that whenever I'm in social gatherings, social situations, and I feel like, oh, someone's coming towards me, I need to talk. I deploy my secret weapon, my wife, Catherine, 
who is just an out-and-out extrovert, loves people, loves chatting, can break down barriers at a moment's notice, can talk to absolutely anyone for hours and hours, which is kind of what our first date looked like. I literally sat there, had three lattes, and Kat spoke the whole time. It was amazing. (laughs) Even though I'm an introvert, and I often feel this sort of turmoil inside me in social settings, I've been in the hospitality industry for nearly 20 years where it is my job to be in front of people, to serve people, to make sure that people are comfortable, to look after them. And for a lot of people, hospitality is simply a job. I have a lot of uh, baristas that work for us and can I tell you, they are not people, persons, person, people. Yeah, they're not there for the people. They're not there for the interaction. They're actually there because they're fascinated with the science and the art and craft of coffee, which, as we're finding, has developed over the last 20 or so years. <laughs> yeah. They're not there for the hospitality factor of working in cafes and restaurants and that sort of thing. They are there for the science of coffee, but they work in the hospitality industry. What I want to talk about today, and again, I love the fact that we are Steeple Church and our, and our heartbeat and our, our minds and that sort of thing is around hospitality and welcoming people, making people feel comfortable. Because the reason I got into hospitality in the first place was because even though I feel awkward in social situations, I saw that there was an opportunity to engage with somebody else and create something with them, something that is personal, just them. And it can be in my situation as quick as, hi, how you going? Do you want a cappuccino? And they're like, yeah, I'd love a cappuccino. Great. I love your haircut. Wait over there and grab your coffee. But the simple fact that I realised that they had had a haircut from the day prior acknowledges to them that they matter and that we notice. Real hospitality at the real heart of it is loving the stranger. It's not about lattes and cappuccinos. It's not about smashed avocado and all that sort of thing. Yes, it's a catalyst to express hospitality. It's like a mechanism that we use, come to our cafe, have smashed avocado, and we will effectively highlight to you how we execute hospitality. But it is about the person and the experience in hospitality. Now, whenever you go into a very busy cafe or a restaurant, the first thing that often happens is the welcome. And it's a very critical part of the experience. You see, when you walk into a busy cafe and there's staff flying around everywhere and there's customers as far as the eye can see and that sort of thing, it can be remarkably daunting to stand at the front door having just stepped inside going, which direction do I go? Who do I speak to? What do I do now? And so the welcome is the bridge that gets built between a staff member and a guest. And so it is an absolutely critical part of the hospitality experience. Welcome. You're welcome. Welcome here. Welcome to my home. Gets thrown around really, really loosely these days in terms of it doesn't generally get used a lot by the younger generation, and that's no longer me. I am now considered not the young generation, which I'm still coming to terms with. 
But your welcome doesn't get used a lot because comedians started to use the term you're welcome as a little bit of a dig. And your welcome often gets used as a retort when somebody forgets to say what. Thank you. That's right. So your welcome means something different than it used to. The real definition of your welcome is to gladly receive into one's presence or companionship. The concept of welcoming the stranger means intentionally building into the interactions those factors that others that make others feel they belong and that they matter and that we want to get to know them. So that simply means by me saying, welcome everybody to church or welcome everybody to my house. Yes, I'm extending a welcome, but it needs to be so much more than that. There needs to be an interaction that expresses my desire and my gladness that you're here and that you are welcome and that it wouldn't be the same if you weren't here. You see, when we say welcome to church, it's because you've arrived here. But a welcoming atmosphere and the theory of welcome isn't about a destination or a location. It is about interaction. It is about two people being present with each other and one of them having the intentionality to make the other person as comfortable as they possibly can. And we see this right through the New Testament with Jesus. And I love the way that Jesus does it. Jesus embodies welcome. The foundation of that is his love for us and humanity. And as I was getting ready for this, I was, I was just, you know, praying as anyone who gets up here does. And I was just like, Lord, why, why, why do I feel more comfortable talking to you, the creator of the universe, in charge of everything, over everything? Why do I feel more comfortable talking to you than I do in front of my church? I haven't got there yet. I don't have the answer. Other than to know that when I am in deep conversation with God, I feel at ease. I feel comfortable. And as I was thinking through this and praying through it, I was thinking of my kids. I was thinking about how comfortable they feel at home. And it's like, if anyone's got like little kids, like Elijah, who's this big and ready to be a rugby player, um, he can't just run up to me and jump on the couch and land in my lap for a cuddle, necessarily. <laughs> but my kids feel comfortable around me in their home. They don't have to ask for permission because we've intentionally, we've got this connection where they don't need to ask. They just roll in and they grab it. I'm going off on a little tangent. I'm about to lose my spot. So I reserve the right to go back to my notes. Is that okay? Thank you. Jesus embodies welcome because he loves us and we have an open door to it. Jesus' welcome, Jesus' welcome doesn't come with a checklist. And we don't have a checklist on the door that says, 
conditions of entry. And I love what Yi Chen was, no, he's out there. I, was, I love what Yi, Chin, Yi Chen said in communion about no perfect people allowed. Jesus doesn't say, you're welcome here as long as you tick all these boxes. As long as you dress a certain way, you look a certain way, you wear a certain type of shoe, as long as you have a certain history that's relatively better than X, Y, or Z. He doesn't have a checklist other than open the door. Jesus will meet people where they are as they are. And He's not looking to meet perfect people. He came for you and I the way that we are. <laughs> the way that Jesus welcomed people, he, he very, Jesus didn't welcome people into his home where he slept every night. He actually flipped it on his head and he put himself into other people's lives. He went to their home to make them feel welcome at his table. And we see this very clearly when we're reading about uh, Zacchaeus in Luke 19. And let me just grab a couple of verses for you here. Zacchaeus, just a little bit of context for you. Zacchaeus was very, very short and he couldn't see Jesus through the crowd, but he desperately wanted to. So he ran ahead of the crowd and ahead of Jesus and he climbed up a sycamore fig tree. And this is where we pick up in Luke 19 verse 4. So Zacchaeus ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree. He wanted to see Jesus who was coming that way. Jesus reached the spot where Zacchaeus was. He looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down at once. I must stay at your house today. Zacchaeus came down and at once welcomed him gladly. All the people saw and were whispering amongst themselves. They said, Jesus has gone to be a guest of a sinner. Now, I can't help but feel that prior to all of this, Zacchaeus had a pretty good understanding of who Jesus was and what everything, like what it was all about. Yet Jesus, the creator of everything, the Son of Man, invited himself into Zacchaeus' life to welcome him where Zacchaeus was, how he was. Now, for a little bit more context, Zacchaeus was the, the head tax collector, the chief, which effectively, back in the day, if you're a tax collector, you were con- considered a thief. And if you're the head tax collector, you're then what? The head thief. And Jesus effectively said, it does not matter how or where I found you up in a tree, the way you are, I am inviting myself into your life, into your house. We are going to have a meal together and it is going to be good. Now, I can't help but feel that Zacchaeus, with his history, would kind of go, oh, I'm, I'm not worthy of this. I've stolen and I've cheated and all this sort of stuff. But there was something in that interaction where Zacchaeus could go, yes, what an honour, what a privilege. I feel so comfortable having you in my house. It speaks volumes to the welcome and the openness of Jesus as a person. Because we as Christians have experienced the love and the welcome and the abundance of Jesus, we now have the opportunity 
to do the same for everybody that we come in contact with. I'm not talking about what happens here on a Sunday. Yeah, absolutely, this is important. When people walk through that door, do we want them to feel welcome? Of course we do. But if we all sit here and think, oh man, I'm glad they're here. I hope they feel welcome. It has zero impact. Oh, that makes a difference. Sorry. Sorry. If we all just sit here and think, man, I'm glad they're here. They're welcome here. But we don't express that. It means nothing. You see, a welcome and making someone feel welcome is actually an act. It requires action. And so today what I wanted to throw out to each and every one of you is the first step the welcome and what that can look like for each and every one of you. If we take a moment, and again, we, I, I did something similar with, um, with our Connect group the other day. Just take a moment to think about the last time or the fondest time where you felt absolutely welcome with somebody else. The pretense to that is it can't be your family. Because I know that when I walk into my house, I feel welcome, I'm comfortable, I feel at ease. But experiencing that outside of your direct family is often few and far between. So take a moment and I'm gonna tell you about my brother-in-law, David. Time check, just making sure. I'm gonna tell you about my brother-in-law, David. He is a brilliant, brilliant person, but he has got a natural gift to engage with absolutely anybody that he comes in contact with. The moment that I met him at Kat's uncle's 50th birthday 15 years ago, 17 years ago, I sat next to him and I introduced myself again going, I don't know all these people and I think I'm falling in love with this good looking girl over here and everyone's kind of you know, judging the new Aussie bloke. Cat's Greek, so her family is Greek. I was the only white guy there. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's up. <clears throat> he started up a conversation straight away and he just asked simple questions that almost straight away just put me at ease. And ever since then, every time I go to his house with his gorgeous family for whatever event, I can just talk to him and feel comfortable straight away to the point where at one time I said to him, I said, he goes, oh, how you going, mate? How's your week going? I'm like, man, I'm stuffed. Like, it's just been a big week and there's been lots going on and all that sort of thing. He's like, oh, dude, take your shoes off. I'll go get a pillow. I'll put it on the couch. I want you to just go have a nap for 20 minutes, yeah? The others aren't arriving for a little bit. Go and have a nap. I felt welcome in his house. I felt comfortable and I felt at, at ease, like I was given permission to... <sighs> it was absolutely amazing. And so when I think about welcome, I think about hospitality, I often fondly think about David. Because it's not enough to simply think someone is welcome when they arrive. We need to express it. And we need to express it from the heart. 
And we need to think objectively around what does this person need to feel comfortable? And then be intentional about finding that space. Welcome acknowledges and restores identity. It says that you are accepted the way that you are. It acknowledges and restores position. You belong here as part of the community and it acknowledges and it restores value. Jesus taking a seat with Zacchaeus at his house. On a side note, Jesus, the creator of the universe, wherever he sits, wherever and whenever he sits at the table, automatically becomes his table because he is the head of every table. So when he sits down with Zacchaeus in his house, as the host and the head of the table, he gets to welcome wherever they are. And so it acknowledges and restores value. Seated at his table, you are important and you matter. And a genuine welcome creates space for people to be themselves. Freedom for them to let go of their perceptions and to ask questions. And it creates a level of safety for them to explore and to not feel the need to hide who they are. And so as I wrap up very quickly and as I pray, I want to throw out a challenge. A couple of, what would be a couple of months ago now, there was a blessed series. And it was effectively, do these things for three people each week and make it all look brilliant and it was challenging and things like that. And so me for myself, I want to pick three people this week not in my home, not necessarily here at church, wherever I am, I'm gonna go out of my way to make them feel comfortable, to make them feel accepted. And I am going to break down as many barriers as quickly as I can so that they feel at ease. Because when someone feels at ease, it opens up opportunity for relationship, for connection. And when we have opportunity and relationship, then we can share the good news, not just through our words, but through our actions and the way that people experience Jesus through us. So can I throw the challenge out there this week? Find three people in your sphere, in your community. I don't even mind if it's someone walking down the street that looks interesting. Stop, have a conversation with them. Be intentional about making them feel comfortable and then see what God God does with it. Lord, I wanna thank You so much that You welcomed us first. Lord, thank You that we can welcome because You have welcomed us. Lord, we pray that as people walk into this building, that they would experience in such a tangible way us and you through us. We pray that as people walk through this door, that they will come as they are with all their baggage and their history, Lord, and that they would feel accepted because each and every one of us is intentional in our 
actions and our words. Lord, I just pray for every opportunity to break down barriers, to express welcome that leads to hospitality and the opportunity for other people to experience You. And I just pray that steeple us as a community would be intentional as we go out into our weeks and that we would become a beacon of acceptance where people can come as they are to experience you. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in to the Steeple Church podcast. We hope you were encouraged as you listened in. As I said at the top of the podcast, we loved having and hosting you in this way, but we'd love to hear from you and pray for you. So please drop us a line via our website or better yet, if you're local to Melbourne, drop in on one of our Sunday gatherings, 10 a.m. every Sunday in the Hall of St. Barnabas Anglican Church at 86 Bourne Road, Bourne. Peace and love, friends. Have a great week.